Hi everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is April 10th, 2018. Two weeks ago we were sitting here discussing the troubles that the Prime Minister was having because of the Moritomo Gakuen scandal. It's been two weeks. Michael, silence. How was he able to get away with this? If we had been having this taping 24 hours ago, what you just said would make perfect sense. But 24 hours has passed and it's an eternity now in Japanese scandal that are being handled in the diet. This thing is just beginning to build, isn't it? They bought two weeks by just throwing in other diet hearings, other things, and then we can't talk about Moritomo. We've talked about that enough. We'll give you another, a little bit of a recess, and we've got to talk about other diet business, right? You know, they broke out the sake or the champagne after Sagawa, whom we were talking about because he was testifying when we were doing the, the taping, that he was, he, he, yes, he zipped his lips. He, he said, only two answers to the two questions. The first is, Mr. Abe had nothing to do with these decisions, or to other questions, I'm sorry, there's a criminal investigation going on, I can't comment on that. Mm -hmm. And he did that all day long in front of the House of Representatives and in front of the House of Counselors, and by the evening at LDP headquarters, it was party time. We got through this, there's this, we've, we passed the, the, the Rubicon, we're all worse home scot-free. Right. Uh, and it sure seemed that way. And indeed, when you saw the polling results immediately afterward. A lot of analysts said he, he can survive this. It's not going to, he, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a drag on him, but he'll, he'll survive. Yeah, the, the poll that came out from Kyoto a week afterward in the weekend looked mm. as though right. he, he, he had halted the downward slide in cabinet support. It kicked up a few points. Uh, the, the, the do not support line stayed the same. Uh, basically the same amount of people are, are angry, but somehow he was able to stop the skid. Right. That was until yesterday. And we can't say that all hell has broken loose. I mean, certain things were going on with the defense agency. There were a couple of things going on with, with other things, but it really broke yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, and the thing is the defense agency issue is coming from within his own party. Basically. Uh, Mr. Onodera, the, the, the Minister of Defense, has discovered the documents that his predecessor, Inada, said did not exist. Of course, she's a, a, a protege of Abe's and was, her main job was to protect him as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And indeed, she, it seems she did her job and brought her, the bureaucrats under her along with them. And now, Files after file after file after file after file after all these documents that had previously been said to be non-existent right. or slash not not we can't find them anywhere or they've been burned. Onodera has found them. They were kept in the intelligence uh, section, and it's all there. All these unredacted reports that were supposedly non-existent, and that's just the South Sudan and Iraq dispatch stories. It's, it's only one of the ministries, the defense ministry. Over at the ministry of, of uh, at METI, at, at Economics, Trade, and Industry, we have the Kakegakuen scandal of establishing a very special economic zone for what is supposed to be growth projects. Mm -hmm. But it is, seems to be very clear that what happened was Mr. Abe's friend, Mr. Kake, who is basically a subsidy farmer, he goes around and tries to put together schools and 
gets a lot of subsidies to get these things started, whether there are students that are going to be attending them or not, mm -hmm. uh, whether there are professors that are going to be teaching them or not. And he had this idea for a veterinary college, even though one hadn't been built in 52 years. And the, it was the Conte that put his idea and the idea of economic zones together and then pushed a city, in this case Imabari City in Ehime Prefecture, to put these pieces together and present this as their proposal. All the way at the top of the list. And, and undercutting at the same time Kyoto Prefecture, which was, had its own proposal and thought it was going to win on mm -hmm. it, and then suddenly found, wait, what happened? How did, how did Ehime get this? How did Imabari City get this? And it's all seemed to have been, you know, puppet actions in the back. And that's just Medi. Right. Now, we have, we have, of course, the Moritomo Gakuen scandal re-emerging. Again, this thing, it, 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 you drive a stake into its heart <laughs> and it rises from the right. dead. The Sagawa testimony did not kill it because now, yesterday, in the Diet, a member of the finance ministry did something which I think is unprecedented, which was admit that finance ministry bureaucrats colluded with a lawyer, well, colluded, they gave him instructions on how to lie and tell, and tell a story about that piece of land where there was supposedly all this garbage, all this mm -hmm. industrial waste, and NHK found someone who said there was never any garbage, there was never any waste, there was a few truckloads of things that we had taken away, not the vast quantities that were the justification for, right. the, for the incredibly cheap, almost free land deal. And that, that story had actually been cooked up by the ministry and fed to the lawyers of these, uh, the individuals who were developing the school. Thump! You know, you can just hear the, 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 right. just the size. Even Nikai, you know, the Secretary General of the LDP, was speechless yesterday. And he always has some... Wiped his brow? Yeah, and, 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 and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. When the press asked him, I don't know quite what you're talking about, so I'm gonna ask not to have a comment at this time. He has never had a no comment uh -huh. that I've ever seen. He's always had something to say, always in defense of the prime minister. Something big is going down. So just to give viewers a little bit of a, a, a detail on this, what they did was they sunk pilings into the, the land in a couple of strategic places. And the holes when they found them. There, there were tennis shoes and rubbish and all sorts of things. So they made a calculation that it must cover this whole area and it's gonna take, what? 2,000 truckloads of dirt to take it out and another 2,000 truckloads to fill it back in. And that's why the cost of the land, it's our responsibility for selling this. We need to sell it in better condition. And so that's why the, the land price went down. Yeah, so That's the they were basically refunded the money that they had put down to buy the land, mm -hmm. basically the entire sum. So it was basically free. But there was no, there were no truckloads. Right. None of this was true. And indeed, it was all a, a made up story, po ex post facto by bureaucrats trying to cover their, cover their tracks. Mm -hmm. To which the opposition and anybody else would say, well, what is it that they're covering? Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like just Opening a zipper and all of a thing, all of a sudden things are starting to spill out. Yeah, or so, or that famous closet door where you say, "Don't open that," <laughs> and it all comes out. I heard a comment just yesterday that the opposition is saying you held a snap election on the basis of this false testimony that was provided to the Diet, and you won that election, 
and we should roll this thing back because it was all built on on a false set of pylons. Yeah, the, one of the the uh, head of one party in call, in, instead of calling it Kaisang, you know, dissolution, it was Kaizan, falsification. It was the not the you know the the, 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 the uh, diet was not dissolved. It, it was this was the, right. the Kaizan Senkyo, and. It's a great point. Mm -hmm. We'll see if it may not move the poll numbers any. But the, the poll numbers did reflect this. I mean, the poll numbers from NHK came out yesterday. Yeah, those, those have not reflected the most recent uh, revelations. We'll see in the next set whoever's going to run them. But NHK's poll yesterday put a huge damper even as the, the news, I mean, the, the 7 o'clock news report yesterday was crazy. Well, the front page of the paper today. The front page of the paper today has scandal here, scandal here, scandal here. Uh, but then NHK, when it did its polling, found that that blip upward is gone again. Mm -hmm. That, that the, the Abe administration, not the, uh, not the LDP, and that's, 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 the right. key, that's, the, that's one of the key points. The LDP, it, it's, uh, its support actually rose slightly within the margin of error, so it's stable. But the Abe administration is in serious trouble in terms of people not trusting it, not liking right. it. Uh, and that was something they thought they had, they had skated over. Right, and just to remind viewers, the prime minister is basically graded by the performance of his cabinet, just by, not by him individually. So the cabinet it, it kind of in mass is, is graded and it, it's his administration. Hmm. And it looks like the finance minister is suffering heavily because of the Moritomo Gakuen scandal, but Onodera is not suffering as much. Oh, Onodera now has th that wonderful well, that wonderful glow that comes from betraying the powers that be on behalf of the citizens, you know. He, he, he clearly has carved out a space for himself, even though inside the cabinet there's supposed to be absolute unity, right. and there, that's, that's the whole per point. If you ever try to vote against the cabinet, uh, you will be expelled from it. It's, it's a it's, yeah. Well, it's a consensus. It's absolutely, everything has to be decided by consensus. But he's carved out a space, just as Kono Taro has carved out his space at the foreign ministry, saying, I work for Mr. Abe. I am not on his team, mm -hmm. however. Uh, and Onodera has done that very carefully by, by you know, bringing up these documents, very much in the same way that Kan Naoto, right. when, back when he was the minister of health, uh, under a coalition government, carved out his space against the LDP that was running. He was so well liked as a result of he that. He was so well yeah. liked that you know he, he became a hero for finding the documents uh, re regarding HIV uh, and uh, other uh, documents that the, the ministry had had been hiding. The same is true with Onodera. He has he now has bona fides with mm -hmm. the public. Right, and he was told a week earlier, and he went and disclosed. Yeah, he just said. I, I, here is what it is, and so that, it's a very uncomfortable scene. You see, you see, Onodera sitting right behind Abe in in diet testimony time, and not a lot of talk, not, uh -huh. not a lot of small talk going between yeah. them because you know, Onodera has stabbed him in the back with the truth. Let's talk about the logs. What's so private or so secret about the logs that the defense ministry feels it must keep them away from civilians who are kind of going to blabber about what these logs mean? So the, the, the logs tell the truth about the situation on the ground, uh, whether the GSDF is in Iraq or the GSDF is in South Sudan, that they are in what is essentially a war zone. And that contradicts the assertions that are made back 
in diet testimony and also by spokespersons of uh, the defense ministry and is not handled within either the pay structure of the SDF. They don't get combat pay. Right. Uh, and it's not handled by the legislation that sends them on these overseas. In the case of Sudan, it was a PKO with the United Nations. In the case of Iraq, it was a an action not with the coalition of the willing, but alongside it. Right. Uh, that there, there's no way that any conflict zone could possibly meet the criteria that the defense ministry officials and politicians think they have to present to the public back in Japan in order to be said to be not violating uh, Article 9 right. and Japan's general pacifist uh, bent. And this was just a kind of an experiment for the Japanese to go into an excursionary force to provide support and facilitation of other activities that are going on. Yeah, they, not, build, they build roads. Not in conflict. We, we're not going to have bullets shot at our guys. And that was kind of the, the promise, right? Yeah. We can send those guys out in support roles, but not in a conflict zone. Yeah, and so when they did present documents to the Diet, uh, entire pages would be blacked out. And they would say, we're right. the Diet. You have to tell us the, what happened. Mm -hmm. there, is, there is no particular... And the, the, the rigmarole from, from the defense ministry was, well, it'll be in danger the troops of other countries uh, if we offer this information. Mm. And then other law, you know, the original logs are lost and, and all these different stories in order to simply hide right. the reality of, you know, if Japan is going to be a member of the international community, its self-defense forces, even though they're there not for war purposes, will be shot at. Mm -hmm. And they will, may have to, at some point, shoot back. Right. Uh, that's the reality. That's the, the only reason that they're there is that there is not the ability to have uh, law and order and stability and construction going on mm -hmm. uh, under normal circumstances. They're not normal. Uh, and it's, it's a, actually a, really a, a consistent mark of the Abe administration and, and the LDB administrations as a whole to not trust the people with the truth. Right. That you know, we, you know, we it's have a little bit too complicated. For you you, we'll you can't still, you can't handle the truth mm -hmm. kind of a view of uh, the, the the people of Japan. Uh, why they believe that uh, is, you know, of course they they deal with the diet and the opposition in the diet and the opposition with the in the diet includes the communists and the socialists and they always say the same thing about how great it was in the nineteen sixties and seventies. We didn't get involved in any mm -hmm. conflicts of the world. <clears throat> Yeah, but the, they're a tiny minority. Right. You, don't, you know, the majority of people are in favor of Japan's international role. All right. That there are costs is something I think that everybody can accept, and I think that the polling numbers support that. Isn't there something deeper going on within the defense agency, though, or the defense ministry, because it became a ministry recently? Mm -hmm. Isn't there something going on there where the, the, there's a, a conflict between the career guys and the civilian control, the, the politicians that are held... To, to oversight positions. There's, there's something that seems to be going on there that, that seems to run far deeper. Well, the thing is, is by hiding these materials or blacking them out in presentations to the Diet, you make a lie of civilian control mm -hmm. because you're telling that the, saying that the civilian population can't handle it. Right. Uh, and not even their elected representatives who have you know, rights to find out that are written into the law I, I think that's really interesting. We should do an episode on that sometime. Sometime we will about about the the uh, the, the the history of hiding. But w in this case, what we have to look at 
is how is this going to work in terms of Abe's re-election in the fall? Right. Uh, if you asked me a few days ago, I would have thrown up my hands and said, I don't know what's going on. And I, I don't see how, how it's possible that he escaped. It didn't hurt in the Kyoto governor elections. Well, the governor elections was a case where the, the opposition candidate was supported only by the communists. Now, mm -hmm. they, they have a good base in Kyoto, but that's not good enough to defeat a, a, can, a well, he'll do candidate. He was right. an Ainori candidate, mm -hmm. with, which means that many of the parties, even ones that are opposed to the LDP, Komeito ruling coalition, all supported Mm -hmm. uh, this candidate because, okay, he's good enough, whatever. We, we, we need to move on to something more controversial. Right. Uh, so that the Kyoto was not really a test of any uh, division in the country. When there is going to be a candidate, however, who is supported by uh, Mishin and Kibo, which are about to merge into a single party, Hilariously, they're going to call themselves the Minshuto, the, the DPJ. That's a new name. Yeah, they're, 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 they're going to say, hey, we're back, but we're smaller than ever before. Uh, the DPJ. Uh, and then we have the CDPJ, which is, has, it, it's still trying to feel how it's going to deal with mm -hmm. uh, um, constitutional revision. And then the, the issue in the LDP of constitutional revision and the, the election of Mr. Abe. If Mr. Abe is re-elected as president, the LDP looks unserious about constitutional revision because every poll still reiterates that with Abe as PM, they will not get a majority of the people to vote for. They can sway, though. I mean, it's because he's, he's got stuff all over him. Um, yeah, but he can repair that. Yeah, but the thing is, if you look at the, the uh, suggestions, who should be elected in September when they put that to the, the public? Of course, the public doesn't vote in the right. September election, but the public is evenly split. Mr. Abe is still in third place, but it, it, they're both in, in the mid... They're on, he, uh, Mr. Ishiba, and Koizumi Shinjiro, mm -hmm. the, the, the good-looking <clears throat> favorite, uh, they're all in the same 20, 23, 22, 25% range right. uh, of support, uh, people thinking that they would be an appropriate person. But Mr. Abe is still in third place, uh, even after uh, escaping through the mm -hmm. Sagawa uh, testimony. Right. Well, as an incumbent, though, there's a lot of power behind that. And, of course, he's, he's, it's not the people who are voting. It's, it's, his, it's, it's his acolytes within the party. And he's got quite a few because he's led them to three straight right. electoral victories. Why shouldn't he enjoy the benefits of that? Well, it's, we'll see. He's got scandals coming in from every side, so much so that the entire front page of the mm -hmm. newspapers now is about you know, different scandals that are engulfing different parts of it, his administration. And he's got disunity within the cabinet, which right. is also going to be something that he's going to, you know, what are we going to do with Onodera right. now? Onodera has clearly said, I'm not on Tibambe. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? The administration shadow boxing with a lot of scandals hitting them. This one's going to explode. It's going to develop a lot further. Please stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is April 10th, 2018. The Japanese Ministry of Defense is suffering from a couple of scandals over the last couple of days, and they're going through something of an introspection of what the role of civilian control is with this core of Japanese defense internally and externally throughout the world. Today, my guest is Benjamin Rimlin, who is a specialist in the U.S.-Japan defense policy area, and he's joining us today to talk a little bit about this issue. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So, as we all know, the uh, Article 9 prevents the Japanese from having a, 
excursionary force. They can't have military forces in, in foreign lands. But through a reinterpretation of Article 9, they were able to send peacekeeping forces to the South Sudan and also to Iraq a couple of years ago. And this has been going on for a couple of years. And the logs, the defense logs of what's going on there, how hot is the area that our personnel are going into, is it still within the terms of the interpretation that we granted, facilitating you know, better relations with the United States and other, other allies? That's under scrutiny now, and the logs that say, perhaps, um, this is a hot zone and we were fired at 15 times and two people got almost wounded, those have been, some, in some cases, redacted, and others have just been hidden away. And the fact that they have been hidden for many years, for two years at least, have been kind of out in the open, and that's the scandal that we're experiencing now. That's exactly right. So Japanese doctrine as to the uh, sending of uh, ground self-defense forces, other members of the self-defense forces, on peacekeeping, peacekeeping operations has changed dramatically over the past 20 years since the passage of the PKO law uh, in order to send Japanese peacekeepers to Cambodia. Right. Uh, these do the doctrine have changed to the point where initially Japanese SDF forces were only capable of performing rear area logistics operations, right. things like construction of bridges, other kinds of uh, logistics supplies to now uh, under the 2015 security laws, the so-called Kaketsuke Keigo doctrine, uh, so-called rushing to the rescue, in which Japanese SDF forces on peacekeeping missions are now able to discharge their weapons in protection of their own safety and in protection of other peacekeeping forces or even uh, NPO and NGO members assigned to that particular zone. Mm -hmm. so, so what's the problem in the case of the, the scandal that's currently happening in the Diet? So it's actually kind of unclear because it seems that on a day-to-day -day basis almost, the story behind this document retention scandal seems to change. New details emerge from the woodwork. We found more. Exactly. Yes. Um, so just today, actually, there is a report in NHK about uh, how the uh, MSDF and the ASDF, so the Maritime and Air Self-Defense Forces, ordered by the Defense Ministry's Chief of Staff to look for logs pertaining to uh, operation of peacekeeping forces in South Sudan, how they did not actually go about this process. Mm -hmm. Well, the headline might have seemed a little bit damaging to the SDF uh, in that context. If you peeled a little bit back and looked a little bit further into the article, what became clear and what stood out to me in this article was that um, even NHK admitted that the, the direction from the uh, defense ministry's chief of staff to look for these reports was quite vague. Yeah. Uh, look, look, look over there somewhere. Mm. Right. It was quite vague. Uh, in fact, the you know the SDF uh, was not particularly was not especially ordered to report on these logs. They were ordered to double check that the logs that uh, Defense Minister Yunot had said were deleted were in fact not deleted. If they had you know somehow been misplaced. Uh, and they were also ordered, furthermore, to take measures to preserve these documents for a longer period of time than they had been in the past. Mm -hmm. um, so the NHK article concluded by saying that the directions to the MSDF and to the ASDF were perhaps a little vague. And maybe instead of some kind of pernicious conspiracy that might have uh, come about by a cabal of scheming SDF officers, this might have just been a case of bureaucratic mishap. Oh, but the thing is about the, just the maintenance and the, the destruction of documents. Hmm. Uh, the defense ministry in particular got in trouble many years ago with, with Mor the Moria scandal, where many of the procurement logs and the, the, the details of procurement contracts uh, were destroyed at the order of the vice minister. Uh, and that he was covering up his 
tracks, which included getting kickbacks and getting right. golf clubs and getting mm-hmm. visits to the golf course for himself and his wife, uh, that he was getting perks from all of this. The, the, so that here we are m- many years down the road, uh, again, uh, during an Abe administration, and the same problem reemerges of the mishandling of, of documents. Now, it's also coming in the context of a general uh, sense, or at least what has been indicated by the National Archives, that we're, we run out of space. And we have to start destroying things in order to make space for the records uh, that are being generated, uh, which is yet another scandal. You know, how are they going to judge what is being to, going to be destroyed? Why don't they build just another building? You know, mm-hmm. building huge construction, having the huge construction pro- projects out in the countryside is one of the things that supposedly the LDP is really good at. Why don't they make one of those projects a new depository? Uh, So it's not just a vagueness. It's in a context of documents uh, not being handled in accordance with the public interest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But we still don't know from the reports, you know, whether this is a problem on the part of the various bureaucracies within the SDF itself. Um, so, for instance, uh, the reports in recent days have been the Iraq logs coming to uh, coming to light. The Iraq logs were produced at a time uh, in which the General Staff Office, the JSO, was not a uh, on a separate and uh, you know level above the Maritime Staff Office, the Ground Staff Office, the Air Staff Office, the individual leadership of the services. It's possible that in the reorganization of the defense agency to now the defense ministry, the elevation of the Joint Staff Office to now being the supreme. Uh, command of the uh, SDF, that these documents could have been mishandled. In fact, I've spoken to uh, a number of individuals uh, from U.S. Forces Japan who've talked about their own document uh, log retention over at USFJ, and they've told me stories about how uh, when they came to USFJ only a few years after Operation Tomodachi, tracking down logs from the you know, U.S. forces regarding operations in Operation Tomodachi was a nightmare in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So retention of documents and that context is absolutely well taken and it's entirely possible that there could come you know more damaging revelations to light which could paint the SDF the defense bureaucracy in a far more unflattering light but i think speaking where we are right now i don't think we can quite make the conclusion that there is yet some kind of vast conspiracy right. to uh, to keep these documents uh, away from either the defense bureaucracy or from the diet but it mm-hmm. looks so very bad first of all the the number of international activities that are taken on by the U.S. State Department is not comparable to what the SDF does. The SDF has one. In this case, it was the South Sudan or the Iraq uh, with with some uh, elements having to do with the Afghanistan refueling mission. But never is there really a vast corpus of material to be handling. It's generally only one or two international missions. So you, you, it's, it, while it, you can make that argument possibly for the United States, which is engaged in a global uh, sense on multiple fronts, dozens of countries all over the world, here in, in the SDF knows that the people want to know about this, knows that it's important, that they mishandle the documents anyway, looks like malfeasance, mm-hmm. not just incompetence. Yeah. Well, to be sure, obviously, as you said, the U.S. is, of course, engaged in operations all around the world. But... Documents that are particular to USFJ ostensibly stay within that particular bureaucracy. So if we're looking from the the perspective of folks working within that bureaucracy, logic would have it that, you know, operations within it are kind of easy to discover if they're within uh, that same sphere of operations. Um, 
So not only that, but kind of examining uh, you know the day-to-day operations of the SDF prior to uh, you know these this, this peacekeeping responsibilities that they've had to undertake. Um, they've been sort of occupied with defensive Japan scenarios for decades now, and the question really within uh, the document scandal is kind of boiling down to you know individual words within these documents like battle or right. engagement. And the question now is you know to what extent you know even setting aside the document. Uh, you know, the mishandling or not mishandling of the documents uh, is kind of examining to what extent perhaps the, uh, the SDF now has a political responsibility because it has, um, it has to sort of obey the, uh, you know, the, the, the whims of the Kaketsuke Keigo doctrine or the, uh, the national security laws because, you know, as we've mentioned, it's coming down to you know, very particular conditions on a day-to-day sure. basis that might change uh, from a Monday to a Tuesday. Well, this is big business for, for Japan and for the Japan um, industrial complex, right? And building weapons and, and putting those forces at risk. But it seems to me that the defense ministry needs to show that they are out of harm's way. And let's just say, through speculation, a soldier for, with the SDF forces was, was killed in action in Iraq or in South Sudan that would change the entire complex. I mean, the country would go crazy. The, the soldiers would all be pulled back, don't you think? Absolutely. Right. Uh, and to be sure, I mean, I think that if there does indeed surface, uh, you know, true concrete evidence of a conspiracy either on Inada Tomomi's team to uh, to suppress re- uh, release of the documents, or within the uh, organization of the SDF itself within that bureaucracy to suppress the release of these documents sure. because indeed there was a battle our fun- going on. Our funding's going to get withdrawn. Absolutely. We're going to be pulled out. Certainly. That's, yeah, that would that would hurt. But for me, I think looking at uh, the perspective of, of an American, you know, viewing this, uh, what kind of bothers me is the the label of this as, as yet another instance of a so-called crisis in civilian control. Right. And if I may split hairs a little bit, to me this is more reflective of tense civil military relations rather than necessarily a full-blown crisis of civilian control. Internal to the ministry? Perhaps more writ large, the relations between the SDFs, the uniformed soldiers themselves, the ministry at large, and the diet. Okay. So examining perhaps how this sort of pattern of behavior, how tense relations between uh, the uniforms and the suits, so to say, might uh, be explained and how we can prevent these kinds of of uh, incidences going uh, ahead in the future. Because, of course, as we know, uh, in response to this in the Diet, opposition members have either called for Onodera's head, they've lobbied accusations saying, your civilian control is insufficient, uh, the control wielded by the, SDF, by the uh, LDP over the SDF is insufficient. I think rather than firing people and firing either members of the MOD, SDF, and hoping the problem comes away, creating a more sustainable relationship between the SDF the bureaucrats and the diet members who run the SDF and supply it with its budget and equipment is the way to go forward. Yeah. But the thing is about that, you, if, if the SDF hides documents uh, intentionally or uh, with, by interpreting the words of the minister in such a way as is most convenient to maintain secrecy, that does break down the image in the public of civilian control. And if you do that, one of the SDF's pet projects, which is getting an amendment to Article 9, which would make the SDF a fully constitutional, or at least it's constitutional in many people's views, but to 
put that line in the Constitution saying the, yes, the SDF is there for the defense of, of, of Japan, there's no way that's going to pass if the SDF has a pattern right. of behavior of hiding uh, the truth. There's n so they're shooting themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's kind of boil down to the issue here of why exactly there is a disconnect between the SDF, the bureaucrats, the public at large, and of course the diet itself. The question, I think, is understanding the role uh, that the SDF plays within Japanese society, understanding the uh, sort of image that the public has of the SDF. And I think here a little bit of comparison might help us kind of shed light on why the SDF might feel uh, mistrust when it comes to negotiating with the bureaucrats. I'm all ears. Suits. So in discussing this idea of a question of civilian control, uh, in, in Japanese defense discourse, we've had this kind of accusation lobbied against the SDF when reports of contingency planning on the Korean Peninsula emerged during the so-called Three Arrows incident in the late 1960s, in which SDF plans for a resumption of the Korean War were leaked to the media. The resulting furor over the fact that the SDF was planning was labeled a crisis in civilian control. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the late 70s and the early 80s, uh, members of the Joint Staff Office uh, gave public comments in support of legislation uh, and in uh, sort of denigrating the so-called sensu boi, defensive defense doctrine, that has been the foundation of the SDF's defense policy. Now, in the United States, in our context, a military officer giving their unvarnished advice on global issues, on the defense policy of the country that they serve, is considered completely normal. In the United States Congress, drawing the brass from the Joint Staff Office before the Congressional Committees on Armed Services is considered just any other Tuesday. Mm -hmm. But in Japan, if an SDF officer were called before the Diet to give their own unbridled, unvarnished testimony on Japan's defense policy, on the course of the SDF, on readiness issues, equipment procurement, it would cause people's heads to sure explode. Would. Right. So I think that understanding the, the you know, kind of the tensions that have emerged, the constant reliance on this term crisis of civilian control, not to mention the fact that SDF soldiers, compared to militaries of other Western democracies, are paid very low. They're often made to switch assignments at the drop of a hat. I've heard stories from uh, some friends of mine uh, in U.S. forces Japan who relay anecdotes of, of Japanese officers, their colleagues who are told to change assignments either across Japan or even around the world in some cases, within a week's notice. Sure. Happens in Japanese companies, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So building a more sustainable relationship, I think, rather than simply saying it's a crisis in civilian control and demanding that uh, you know, we have heads on a platter, I yeah. think would be a better way to build a more uh, trusting foundation between the SDF and the bureaucracy moving forward. I don't know. I think it's, there's a love-hate relationship, mostly on the hate rather than the love with the, the Japanese population and the self-defense forces or the ministry of, of um, the, the defense ministry. Mm. Ichigaya, the Ichigaya, uh, the campus of the ministry is right down the street. And all of the officers who work there, they come in civilian clothes. They ride the trains, they maybe drive their cars, they walk to work, and they walk into the, the, the compound and then they dress up in their, their uh, dress whites or, mm. or whatever their uniforms are. And when they finish work, they dress out again and come back into the population. So there's this, this disconnect that goes on, not, not only visually, but also psychologically. And I think that's the rub, that's part of the rub with the civilian control. And it seems to me that there's this tension, in, even inside the, the Ministry of Defense, where it is a male-dominated, it is full of pride and patriotism, 
And here you guys are, you politicians, and you come in and you put a, a female in as the leader of, of our proud ministry. And, you know, she, she hasn't been groomed and grown in what the traditions are for, for what we do for protecting the nation. Uh, th there seems to be some sort of, you know, psychological thing that's going on there. Hmm. I can't speak to how specific cadres of SDF officers may have responded to the appointment of uh, a minister Inada. Um, but absolutely. But Koike had been minister before, so mm -hmm. it's not like they didn't have, of course, it was only for a month, but still they'd had a woman as, as defense minister mm -hmm. before. And it was good. I mean, when, when she became def minister of defense, it was, it was news and it was a bright light. But nevertheless, you've got this, and this thing going on with the hiding of the documents, and she said, there are no documents. I've never found any documents. I've looked everywhere. And now, you know, a year later, it being shown that she was bamboozled. Well, no, it's not, I don't think so much as bamboozled as she, she definitely w didn't want them to be found. And so she just made her requests in such a way that they would not be. You, you have to remember also that how she got in trouble during the election uh, when she went out and campaigned and said, as the defense minister, as a representative of the SDF, vote for, vote this, for my guy, vote for my person. And everybody just jumped on her. Uh, for politicizing the SDF. And, and the she's a lawyer by training. And she's a lawyer. She knew what the law was. Right. Uh, so I don't th think it has really anything to do with gender. In fact, gender is one of the issues that the SDF really tries to work hard on mm -hmm. uh, in terms of trying to recruit as sure. many uh, women into this, the services, which is, the recruitment is very low. Uh, but they're trying their best, sometimes ludicrous levels of uh, uh, of attempting to appeal to women, so much so as to earn the the, the laughingstock status in the rest of the world. Uh, but in terms of this particular scandal, it feeds into a sense that uh, is expressed throughout, elsewhere that whatever happens under Abe. There's no, we, he cannot be trusted to make this transition. He cannot be the one who is going to lead the transition of the self-defense forces into something that is more expected. Mm -hmm. and, and remember, the, the ministry was established during his first term mm -hmm. that, that he was the, the prime minister who created the, the ministry of mm -hmm. defense out of the defense agency. And he was the, the prime minister who under his, under his first term, established the referendum process that will make it possible to re reform the uh, Constitution when, that, when and if that ever happens. Nevertheless, the numbers, the attitudes, the, uh, the past, and these incidents involving these documents build a hard core within the Japanese electorate that will just say no to anything that approaches so. Article 9. Right. I think on a political level, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that you put it really well and that there's kind of a, a cadence to all of these document scandals, whether it's right. Kake, Moritomo, and now with the defense ministry, certainly in the eyes of an average Japanese voter who might not be up to date on the various ins and outs and nuances of the MOD bureaucracy versus the finance bureaucracy, Medi bureaucracy, absolutely. There is definitely this constantly echoed perception that the Abe administration doesn't quite know what it's doing with its documents. So mm -hmm. on a political level, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head that it's only going to hurt Abe going forward this, whether or not it comes out that it was a conspiracy part of the MOD, SDF, or in fact, there's a more innocent explanation for right. it and that it was lost in the shuffle. 
uh, I absolutely think that uh, Michael got it right in saying that uh, you know this this idea that the Abe administration can't quite keep its public documents in order <laughs> is only going to hurt them going forward. Right. Let me ask you a question though. This this transition that Michael mentioned, do do you agree that this is inevitable? The self defense forces needs to go through a transition. It needs to be um, of a of a breadth and of a depth and of a, a throwing power that it can defend the nations from enemies. Um, you know, even as far as uh, Iraq in, in coalition forces? Well, I don't know about Iraq specifically, but I think that absolutely the trend not only exists and is going, but is actually going to strengthen in the years ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, so currently, the defense bureaucracy in the, is in the midst of uh, reviewing and revising the National Defense Program Guidelines, the foundational document which outlines the threats facing Japan and in turn prescribes the uh, doctrine and strategies to counter these threats. Um, And we've all heard leaks in the media over the past few months regarding not just the NDPG, but the midterm defense program outline as well, which Mm -hmm. is a separate document that prescribes the uh, systems that Japan will procure to execute these strategies. We've heard about um, procurement of aircraft carriers, the idea of turning the uh, Izumo-class helicopter carriers into aircraft carriers. We've heard about the purchase of vertical takeoff and landing F-35s. The the long-range missiles. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think that, speaking in the near term, Japan is going to be kind of increasing its range, as you said, increasing its ability to project military power, not just in its own immediate neighborhood, but as Japan increases its capacity building programs in South and Southeast Asia, it's going to be bringing those forces along with it on these uh, naval diplomacy Mm -hmm. uh, trips as well. Right. I think the outgrowth, Michael, of, of this scandal that we're experiencing now will be in the diet hearings, the budget hearings for allocating uh, what, what the defense ministry is going to have for uh, their budget in uh, 2019. And maybe the repercussions will be seen then for, uh, for how much they are, they are allotted. It used to be that anything around uh, 1%, over 1%, cause a big brouhaha. What's the current situation now? Is it around 1%? They've exceeded that in a couple of years. No, they, they, they've that. exceeded it year on year, and each year the budget is larger. Uh, the problem is, is there's an absolute ceiling within the budget, about, which is around 6% of uh, the budget, that it's not even close to approaching right now. It's, it's above 5%, but to get to 6%, it then starts to have to eating into thing, other things people like. Mm-hmm. like social security or uh, construction projects or local government, all of which have much bigger slices and, and a much more, let's say, much more of a zing in terms of electoral politics. Defense is not an electoral politics winner. Very few people are interested in it. Very few people are interested in foreign policy. And so for the members of the Diet who eventually, you know, who are part of the budget process and who in the absence uh, of any kind of centralized force uh, within the Conte, which Mr. Abe has been trying to put together, uh, they're going to get their projects in and none of them ever have anything to do with defense. Mm -hmm. So defense, if it wanted to really take on the roles that he's describing and that you're describing, would have to go from 5% to 10% of the budget. And at that point, who are you going to sacrifice? Right, well, it doesn't look like anybody's gonna be voting for that anytime soon, especially with this particular scandal. Well, let's also remember back to the general election in October. I mean, we've all, you know, recall the posters with Abe uh, saying, you know, very prominently in large font, we're going to go on protecting this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching a Tokyo on episode, uh, Tokyo on Fire episode a few months ago in which we were talking about how 
um, Abe was able to kind of duck the first instanti instantiation of the Moritomo and Kakegakuen scandals by constantly referring to the threat from North Korea. Yeah. So as that threat only I saw that video too. As that threat only increases in the coming years, with the possibility of Trump making a deal to remove North Korea's intercontinental missiles, but still leaving in place the medium and short range right. missiles, it's possible that Japan could and the LDP could still have that uh, you know that that dead horse to continue beating uh, in the years ahead to to continue. Uh, referring to uh, defense policy as an, uh, a vote-getter for the LDP. Thank you very much, Benjamin. Ministry of Defense, great turmoil, a lot of scandal going on. We're going to stay on top of this. You should too. Please stay tuned.